Good morning, Orlando. Good Tuesday morning to you. Glad to have you with us here right off the top at 6 o'clock as we give you our first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the best friend of a bridge collapse victim files a lawsuit, and the Oklahoma teacher walkout continues. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. The local judge lifts the gun ban on that UCF student who talked of shooting up local schools and admiring mass killers. We need to talk about this, and we'll do it next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Tuesday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 102.5. A Florida International University student whose best friend was killed in last month's collapse of a pedestrian bridge near the school in Miami is suing seven companies responsible for the structure's design and construction. 19-year-old Richard Humble was with 18-year-old Alexa Duran when her car was crushed underneath the bridge. Humble said he called out her name over and over. She did not respond or move, and her blood was on him. Alexa was the lone FIU student among the six people killed in the bridge collapse, and her family is also suing the companies involved. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Oklahoma teachers are continuing their walkout today. Thousands of teachers in that state began their walkout yesterday to call for increased education funding and higher salaries. Educators will be back at the state capitol in Oklahoma City today for additional rallies, speeches, and picketing. Oklahoma lawmakers last week approved additional education funding and teacher pay raises averaging $6,000, which is less than the Oklahoma Education Association's request for $10,000 salary increases. Oklahoma just one of many states where teachers have been staging walkouts. The 20-year-old man who invoked the affluenza defense after a deadly crash is now a free man. Ethan Couch was released from a jail near Dallas yesterday after serving two years for a revoked probation. Couch was only 16 when he struck and killed four people in June of 2013 in a drunk driving crash and is now just over a week away from his 21st birthday. A psychologist testified during his manslaughter trial that Couch's irresponsibility was the result of his family's wealth calling it affluenza. Tanya Couch, Ethan's mother, is still awaiting trial on charges of hindering apprehension of a felon and money laundering after fleeing to Mexico with her son in 2015. She also reportedly just recently failed a drug test. It's unbelievable, isn't it, how that, oh. how that, that kid has, is now free after such a short time, you know, with, 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 with the death and destruction at his hand, all because he didn't really understand how to be a responsible person because the family was too wealthy and he was too coddled. That's not a defense where I come from. No, it's not a defense. And then what makes it even worse is that, you know, after he only receives probation for killing four people, his mother actually puts the rest of the family in danger, your finances and everything, by running off to Mexico with them. I mean, that's not teaching him any more responsibility after that. Very disturbing story and continues to be, Deb. And a, a Tesla is what picked him up outside of the jail yesterday. Apparently, he told a jail psychologist or a jail uh, chaplain that he needed to be behind bars and he cannot drink until 2026. So with all of the social media and cell phone cameras, I'm sure he won't be able to get away with that. $100,000 plus car picked him up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was a beautiful Tesla. I, I guess there's no easy cure for affluenza. I, uh, well... I guess not. I don't know anything about it. This is an interesting story, and this is the first time I've seen this, but uh, hopefully we won't see any more than just this. Authorities are stepping up security to help keep Brooklyn safe amid threats potentially posed by 
a so-called Punish a Muslim Day campaign. Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams says letters circulated last month in the mail throughout the United Kingdom and on social media that called for violence against Muslims today. He says the threat include proposed rewards for acts ranging from verbal abuse and assault to murder and bombings. Adams says he's joining members of the NYPD's Muslim Officer Society today to highlight Brooklyn's unity in the face of any bias-based attack. Punish a Muslim day. Punish a Muslim day. Just because they're Muslim. Just because, yeah. Well, I'll tell you. We've come to that. All right, here's some good news. Yeah. A California boy is alive after being missing for hours. Officials say 13-year-old Jesse Hernandez was located yesterday morning about a mile from where he was last seen. He was conscious and talking and was transported to the hospital where he'll receive decontamination and further medical treatment. Hernandez was with his friends and his family in Griffith Park uh, when he fell through a plank at an abandoned shack. He went about 25 feet down into the sewage pipe that leads to the river. That sewage was traveling at least 15 miles an hour. And could have gone anywhere. Anywhere. And you brought us the story yesterday, and it didn't seem like there was much hope he would survive this. Even even the uh, firefighters on the scene said they did not expect to find a viable patient on the other end when they went into those pipes to search for him. They couldn't believe it when they found him alive. Cannot wait to hear the rest of his story. Can you imagine the terror down there and the hopelessness of wondering how could anybody ever find me and how can I possibly survive this? Yeah, because when his, he was playing with his friends, they said yeah. one moment he was there, the next moment he was just gone. There oh, was no man. yell. There was nobody saw him go down the pipe. They just it, was, it really was a Chris, an Easter miracle, rather, an Easter miracle that he, he went down Easter Sunday and yeah. he was found 13 hours later. His own resurrection. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. What a story, Deb. And finally, greased street poles are no match for fans celebrating Villanova's NCAA men's basketball title. Police in Nova's hometown of Philadelphia lubed street and stoplights before last night's championship game (laughs) against Michigan. The idea was to keep people from climbing up and creating hazards at the Wildcats won. Well, they did, 79-62, to but the pole greasing didn't keep fans down anymore. Then a similar tactic ahead of February's Super Bowl. Eagles fans had no problems climbing up after the Eagles beat the New England Patriots 41-33. to <laughs> Remember, the word fan comes from fanatic. They will find a way. <laughs> That's true. When there is a will, there is a way. WFLA News Time at 6.07. Read about a New York judge apologizing and admitting to being a serial underwear thief. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't... where do we go to read this? <laughs> the only place you'll ever need to go. 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And we greet you as always from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Deb will be back whenever news breaks. Top and bottom of the hour all morning long. My amazing co host. And Yaffe, our incredible executive producer, tying it all together in the control room. And Stephanie, our great call screener, has just come waltzing in. She is ready to take your calls at 407-916-5400 if you want to weigh in on the topic of the moment. And we got a ton of them today, local, national. We need to talk about so many things, and I really definitely want your take. The text line is always open, never busy, 23680, but standard message and data rates apply. We're going to start out on a busy morning here with a major update on this first ever use of the new Florida red flag law in the wake of the school massacre in Broward County and all the red flags that were missed on the killer down there, right? 
So now we have the ability to get somebody who looks like they're going to become the next mass killer temporarily out of circulation. And so it was done for the first time in Orlando um, after a petition by Orlando police about this 21-year-old UCF student, Kristen Velasquez. And a judge issued the temporary order that allowed him to be mentally examined and taken out of circulation. They got a gun out of the house where he lived with his parents. Now the judge has issued a new ruling here, and I'm very concerned about it and very conflicted about all of this. So let's talk about it. Um, It's coming right up. In the meantime, stay tuned for your shot at winning your share of $480,000 in cash in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Just listen for the new keyword of the hour. It's coming right up and text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. We had one just a few weeks ago up in Volusia County. You could be a $1,000 winner. So the word's coming up. Then an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes, of course, here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. In the wake of the... Um, Broward County School Massacre in February. Legislation was passed, signed into law by the governor. We've been talking about it, that among other things, sets up this system where when you think there's somebody who's going to become the next Nicholas Cruz and is on the verge of becoming the next mass killer, schools or otherwise, that you, law enforcement, anybody, can petition a judge for a risk protection order. This is new, and it was used recently by Orlando police for the first time to um, get a mental exam for 21-year-old UCF student Christian Velasquez and to separate him from whatever weapons to which he might have access. Turns out he didn't own a gun, but he's living with his parents. Dad had a gun, turned the gun over uh, to police. Now, this was a temporary deal for a permanent restraining order on this kid, it would require a judge's additional ruling. That ruling came down yesterday, and the judge, Circuit Judge Bob LeBlanc, refused to extend the ban for a year. So as a result, 21-year-old Christian Valesquez can now have access to that gun in the family, and can go out and buy guns, and essentially just has all the constraints removed from him. They took him and had him Baker-acted and interviewed uh, and examined by doctors who found that he was not a threat to himself or others, okay? And now, you have to know what this kid was discovered doing by University of Central Florida police who passed the info on to Orlando police. He had said he had been bullied when he was at school. He attended Odyssey Middle School, then Lake Nona High School. He's 21 now. And he had said online, he had posted, his lawyer says it was just, oh, just bravado and trying to act like a big guy, and he'd been bullied and all of this, so he had issues that... um, You know, I'm just one really traumatic personal experience away from from shooting up a school. And if I shoot up a school, I'm probably going to shoot up the schools where I was bullied. Odyssey Middle, Lake Nona High. Also, he had posted on Reddit online that he hero-worshipped Nicholas Cruz, 
the Parkland, Florida school mass killer, and he idolized the Las Vegas hotel killer. They were heroes of his. There's something really wrong with this kid. But he had no criminal record, he had never been arrested, and he had not done anything. But with this new legislation, the um, temporary risk protection order was granted, but no permanent risk protection. And Christian Valesquez now is fully back in circulation. I am so conflicted here, it makes you wonder, does it not, where is the line to be drawn between the delicate and critically important in a free society, balance between liberty, personal freedom and privacy, and public safety. We applauded when the temporary order came down. I'm really conflicted that the judge would not extend it. And if I have anything to do with Odyssey Middle or, or, or Lake Nona, I'm particularly uncomfortable this morning to say the very least. Now we can tell you, according to Velasquez's lawyer, they are going to take legal action against the police department, OPD, for what they did to their innocent little boy who never meant any one harm. Where do you come down on what has happened here? For the first time, we've used the new risk red flag law. Risk protection order, temporarily granted, but permanent um, status for it has been denied. I am really conflicted. What? Where are you on all of this? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. If you like what we do here on WFLA, you'll love it even more if you download the absolutely free and phenomenal user-friendly iHeartRadio app. It is absolutely free. Download it now. An update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Great to have you with us here this morning. Yaffe and I were talking about the update here on this UCF student who idolizes the mass shooters um, and uh, was very disturbing to UCF police, the words that they were getting about what this Kristen Velasquez was saying and posting online. So under the new legislation post-Parkland massacre, um, they got a hold of Orlando police, and, and they sought to obtain a temporary risk protection order. The judge granted it. They sent him for a mental exam. Doctor said not a threat to anybody. Um, again, no arrest record. Uh, he hasn't done anything, hasn't broken any laws. But this is really bizarre stuff when you're idolizing the most recent mass killers in this country. And when you were saying that, you know, I'm one personal crisis away from becoming the next mass killer. I don't think, you know, I, I, free speech has limits. Can't yell without consequence uh, um, a fire in a crowded theater. We know that. I think in this day and age, Yaffe, with what's going on with the mass killings, you just can't just post this stuff and claim free speech rights. You, you just can't do it without consequence um, to say and post the things that he has done. And what you and I agreed off air is very, very chilling here. The parents are going to sue OPD. I think it's may well, do you agree, make them less inclined to uh, to use this new law to get the next mass killer out of circulation before they do. That was my first thought, actually, when you told me that, is it's going to make the police not want to use the law because they don't want to have to go through massive amounts of litigation every time they try to stop 
a mass killer. You know, I can't believe the parents are actually doing that. Maybe the parents should focus on, you know, parenting their kid who's making threats online. Maybe they should focus on punishing him rather than going after the police department for doing their job. Yeah. The main reason this was concerning to me and you is because there were specific threats here that he were he was making, you know, specific places, specific things. He idolized specific people. It wasn't just general comments. So I think the police were very concerned. I understand why. I think we now have walking freely among us again a really bizarre young nutcase, you know, who's who's got a screw loose. Yeah, I, I mean, I really do. And is that what we have to accept in our free society? You know, I mean, uh, th- this red flag law, it seems to me it's for exactly like this kid. Yeah, I mean, the good news out of this is it does prove there is a due process here. A lot of people thought there wouldn't be a due process, and obviously there is. Yeah. But I tend to agree with you that when you're making specific threats like this, something's got to be done. And I understand he was bullied. And I feel sorry for him for that, but that doesn't excuse his behavior. You know, I just wonder how much blood is going to be on the hands of the judge. and uh, uh, Hopefully none. Hopefully none. Hopefully none. Oh, hopefully none here if the worst happens. What about it? How should this have gone down, Steph? You're very pro-Second Amendment, you know, but, but this kid <laughs> this kid was very bizarre. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, it just makes you wonder, like, is this gun ban really, you know— is it going to work? Like, clearly it hasn't worked here, so what's the point of even having it, honestly? Yeah, it worked on a temporary basis, Yeah, and, and, and all of a sudden this guy gets green-lighted. Nah, he's no threat. Yeah, and, that's uh, ridiculous. You know, and, and now the lawyer has announced that they're going to, the parents are going to sue OPD. At the very least, for the public good, they need to say, all right, I'm offended by what was done to our kid. We don't think that that was justified, but we understand the need for a red flag law. God knows anybody uh, who, who, who knows the Nicholas Cruz story down in Broward County ought to understand we have to have this legislation. And now the cops are being sued for using it for the first time here locally. Deborah Roberts joining us right now with a news update in the wake of that tragic pedestrian bridge collapse in Miami some weeks ago. We knew the lawsuits were coming, and they have begun. Yes, they have. In fact, less than a month after a pedestrian bridge collapsed in Miami, one of the victims filed a lawsuit against many of the entities involved in the bridge construction and planning. Richard Humble was with his girlfriend, 18-year-old Alexa Duran, when her car was crushed underneath the bridge. He says he heard the collapse before he realized what was going on. I heard it first. And I looked up, and uh, it was awful because I, I, I just saw the bridge like, coming down on top of us. Six people were killed when the bridge collapsed, including Richard's 18-year-old girlfriend, Alexa Duran. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The MAG Lab is staying put in Tallahassee. The National Science Foundation has awarded a five-year, $184 million grant for continued operations of the National High Magnetic Field Laboratory at Florida State University. That's a nearly 10% increase over current funding. What's interesting is the MagLab is the largest and highest-powered magnet lab in the world, offering researchers across the globe free access to unique experiments and expertise in the fields of basic science, engineering, and technology. And Monday's launch of a SpaceX rocket from Cape Canaveral went off without a hitch. AFTS is ready for launch. Falcon 9 is in startup. 
Ground gas closeouts. Dragon complete. is in startup. Launch directors go for launch. Minus 15 seconds. Five nine is configured for flight. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. The mission involving SpaceX Falcon 9 sending up thousands of pounds of supplies, cargo, and experiments to the ISS. It marks the second time SpaceX has flown on the combination of a previously flown booster and a Dragon spacecraft. Just one of several missions scheduled for April in case you can make it out to the Cape. And you can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti. Back she, with the Bloomberg Business Report. She is back in New York City. Digging herself out, I guess. <laughs> what about the snow? All gone now, Gina? Uh, you know, the snow is pretty much all gone. We got a little snow yesterday, but okay. didn't really amount to much. Well, it's good to have you back with us here. What the heck happened on Wall Street? Massive sell-off <laughs> yesterday. How do those futures look this morning? Let's talk stocks. All righty. Well, we have the stock futures indicating a higher Wall Street open this morning. Stocks in Europe are falling today. Those markets over there reopening after a long weekend. Those declines, however, muted compared to yesterday's, yesterday's sell-off on Wall Street amid trade tensions and as tech shares continue to get slammed. The broader U.S. equity market yesterday down two and a quarter percent. The Bloomberg Orlando index down about 2.1%. But again, looks like we might see some gains at the open this morning. All right, fair enough. We'll look for it. 21st Century Fox offering to sell part of Sky Network to Disney, mm -hmm. all in an effort apparently to secure a takeover of Sky. Take us inside that important story, uh, Gina. Right. Well, 21st Century Fox is offering to sell Sky News to Disney as it looks to win over U.K. regulators who are reviewing Fox's bid for the pay TV broadcaster Sky PLC, the parent here. Rupert Murdoch's Fox is bolstering efforts to secure the Sky takeover after Comcast made a surprise competing offer for the pay TV company. Acquiring the part of Sky that Fox does not own is part of Murdoch's broader plan to sell Fox's media businesses to Disney. But U.K. regulators Regulators have been worried that a takeover of Sky would give Murdoch too much sway over British media. And Disney's offer to buy the money-losing Sky News could be a gamble, given that Disney's acquisition of the Fox assets is yet to clear regulators. And Disney has little experience of running news businesses in the U.K. All right, and now let's put the um, Bloomberg spotlight on General Motors. They're making an interesting move. Um, apparently, they're not going to be issuing monthly sales reports anymore. What's going on here? Yeah, we have the automakers reporting their March sales numbers today, but uh, this coincides with General Motors saying that it's going to stop reporting monthly vehicle sales data. Investors have relied on this for years to check the health of the world's second largest market, but GM thinks you get a better look at the company's health by looking at things on a quarterly basis. So going forward, it is instead going to issue just quarterly sales reports. Okay, and Spotify, okay, um, they have debuted... 
or they do, I guess, publicly today, right? What's yeah. the story on Spotify? That's the streaming music service, and they are debuting under the ticker symbol SPOT. People familiar with the matter say the goal on the first day is for the stock to trade efficiently with little volatility and as soon as possible. That's in line with why the CEO has said Spotify chose what's known as a direct listing instead of a traditional IPO to avoid the, quote, pomp and circumstance. The first public share price will be determined at the opening bell by the supply of shares that existing shareholders are willing to sell, as well as demand for those Spotify shares today. You know, we hear a whole lot, don't we, about... um the effects of uh, rising interest rates, and it'll cost you more to borrow money, and your your credit card interest goes up. But if you're trying to save money and get a rate of return, rising interest rates is a good thing, right, Gina? Yeah, and it's been tough for savers. The Fed raised its benchmark lending rate a few weeks ago. That was the sixth such increase since 2015. And so far, banks have been quick to pass on those hikes to borrowers, but without offering anything extra to long-suffering depositors. But that may be starting to change. A report by S&P Global Market Intelligence says banks are likely to double the share of those Fed rate hikes that they pass along to depositors by the end of the year. And traditional banks are also facing pressure from online-only banks, which can offer some of the highest interest rates in the industry when it comes to savings. Always interesting when you're with us. Gina Savetti back from the Bloomberg Business Newsroom in New York City after an extended Easter weekend. Gina, thank you so much. Have a great day. Catch you tomorrow. Thank you, bud. You too. All right. Good deal. Coming up next, the kids down at um, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School where the big massacre occurred in February, 17 dead, 17 more wounded, return from their Easter break to massive new changes in security. You might think they would welcome this. Most, it appears, do not. We're talking about it next. We'll have that for you and an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic as well here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Headlining this local story for you now, a mishap is responsible for causing what one parent calls a crazy scene on Easter. Might have been a bit scary as well. The city of Oviedo was holding its annual marshmallow drop on Sunday at the sports complex, where thousands of marshmallows are dropped to the ground by a helicopter. Harmless, right? Usually the marshmallows break apart in the air, one from another, before they hit the baseball field and soft land, as marshmallows will do. But this time, moisture in the air held them all together. And they hit the ground with what one witness calls a loud bang. Nobody was hurt, fortunately. But a parent says that everyone was screaming and they were worried about their kids. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. All morning and good morning, Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. What was that? Revenge of the Marshmallows or something, Yaffe? Uh, I've never heard of a story like that before. So basically they all clumped together. It I'm was guessing? like humid, and so the marshmallows got kind of moist and they all stuck together. <laughs> oh, so it's just basically one giant marshmallow that like crashed into the ground. <laughs> Is there a picture of this? I, I don't know whether there's oh, any video I'm have of to it. Look it up. There has to be somewhere. Look. Find that for us, and if we got it, we'll We'll post it for you on it's the not website. quite the Marshmallow Man off Ghostbusters. That was a little <laughs> scarier, but this, this is close. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, I'm glad everybody's all right. That's the bottom line on that. I'm telling you, the marshmallows are getting together. They're coming after us. They've had enough. You know, this mindless chewing of marshmallows roasting on the fire. They've had enough. 
Okay. <laughs> so, um, on a serious note, um, you know the Valentine's Day massacre at the at the school, the Stoneham Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, down in Broward County. So, that triggered all of this new legislation, and school systems all across um, the state are looking at what blend of security measures that that everybody wants and can afford, et cetera. We got school resource officers now that are armed down at Parkland School. They've got a bunch of them carrying AR-15s, local sheriff deputies. The governor has provided um, eight state troopers on a daily basis. And the kids returned yesterday after their Easter break to new security measures, and they're not at all happy with most of them if these reports are accurate. Um, They now have clear backpacks, the only kind of backpacks they're allowed to use. They were donated by Walmart and I guess by some from some education fund in Brevard County, okay? You have to have a clear backpack. You get your bag searched. It's kind of like the airport. You've got ID lanyards, kind of like what we wear here at work, and you may work wear as well, ID badges with your photograph, et cetera. Police officers at every entrance, and um, they're looking at um, wands that will detect metal, Metal detectors, very expensive, very disruptive, slows down the process of getting into school. And the kids are saying, you know what? It feels like I'm in jail, like I'm not at school. And some of this feels like feel-good security. Like if you want to tuck a gun, you know, wrap it in a napkin and put it in your clear backpack, you're still going to get into the school. They think it's just to placate them um, and and... And, and that it is that it is not real security. Um, few voicing support for these changes. One sarcastically saying, a la airport security, do you want me to take my shoes off when I walk into school too? Um, I'm the first member of my family to be in prison. Oh, wait, I'm in school. Sorry, can't tell the difference without my glasses. Boy, how sad that it has come to this. Got my brown paper lunch bag checked today while walking to class. Lady saw my sandwich in my clear backpack. Figured it wasn't a threat. Um, you know, and I can, I can to a degree understand how the kids feel. But everything has changed, Yaffe. Everything has changed all across Florida and all across this country. And... Um, you know, I don't know what the right mix is ultimately going to be. I think it will be individualized, well, school to school, school district to school district, state to state, et cetera. That's the question. What's but, the right balance? But would they be happier if nothing was new when they came back from Easter break? I don't know. I, yeah, that's true. I mean, I can understand they might be going a little too far. A lot of times with security measures, it is feel good. It's kind of makes us feel safe, but does it really keep us safe with a lot of this stuff? Well, clear backpacks. I mean, um, the killer down there wasn't even a student. Okay? Clear backpacks were not an issue. It's like... He had a... a, I I think he said it was a guitar or something, didn't he? Like, he had a big case. It wasn't even a backpack. Yeah, the Uber driver said, yeah, he said, yeah, he's got a guitar there, okay? So this doesn't relate to what happened there. Right. It just doesn't. And it's not airtight security for the reason I described. You could still wrap a gun and put it in there. You know, yeah. you've you got to stop. you got to get these people separated from their guns who need to be separated from their guns, but you're never going to get them all. You've got to make sure you can't get a firearm into a school unless unless you're one of the marshals that, that I support, that a lot of the students don't, 
arming teachers, arming staff members. Nobody knows who's got them. They get trained by police, et cetera. That's real security. That's real security. We'll continue to follow it. We're going to have some fun right now. We're going to back off the gas on the heavy issues temporarily and play our sound judgment game for the amazing Trump board game that everybody loves. Hard to get it. We've got it for you, our winner today, and free tickets to the upcoming Space Coast Warbird Air Show. Nothing like it. I got an open line for you at 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. We'll play the game in just a moment. Join the conversation and join the sound judgment game. You're eligible if you haven't won in 30 days, okay? Got a March Madness question on sound judgment, and if you get it right, and I think you can, here's what you're going to win, Steph. That's right. So today, our sound judgment winner gets their very own copy of the brand new Trump policy board game. Play Trump policy with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. And we're also throwing in a great pair of tickets to the fabulous Space Coast Warbird Air Show this Friday, April 6th through Sunday, April 8th. This is the largest Warbird Air Show on the East Coast, and aviation history will be on stunning display among the highlights. The attack on Pearl Harbor that drew the U.S. into World War II will be revealed as eight Japanese Zero reenact the bombing of Pearl Harbor. There will be a spectacular Friday night air show and fireworks display, a thrilling performance by the F-16 fighter jet demo team, You'll be able to ride in the B-17 Memphis Bell and Vietnam-era helicopters, and the Space Coast Warbird Air Show is fun for the entire family. There's also a kids' carnival and lots of food and merchandise vendors as well. Fantastic. Double prizes, and the air show's coming up this weekend. Here we go. The college basketball season came to an end last night in San Antonio when Villanova defeated Michigan 79-62 for the men's national championship. For today's sound judgment game, I want to take you back to when our very own Florida Gators, and we carry all their games on WFLA, won the March Madness Tournament for the second year in a row, the last team to go back-to-back. Listen to some sound from that magical moment, then use your sound judgment to tell me what year we heard this. Florida takes its place in history. Back-to-back and unforgettable. So what year did we hear that? Line one, tell me. I guess 2012. Nope, but thanks for trying. 407-916-5400. Grab the open line, win the prizes. Line two, what year was that? 1915. No, that would be wrong. A little early. 407-916-5400. Line three, what year was that? The Gators won their second back-to-back college basketball title. I'll take a flyer, 2004. Nope, a little later than that, 407-916-5400. Line four, what year? 2006. No, but you're very close, 407-916-5400. Toll free, you got a shot at it. 2007. Yes, absolutely right. Yep, beat Ohio State, and they had beaten UCLA for the title the year before. Congratulations on winning our prizes on Sound Judgment. I hope you're as excited as we are for you. Yes. What's what's your first name, please? Robin. What is it again? Robin. Robin. Okay, Robin. Thank you very much. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm tight on time. Deb's got a newscast coming right up, and uh, we're going to get you the prizes. Stephanie will make it happen. Okay, Robin? Thank you so much. You bet. Congratulations to you. 
Speaking of Deborah Roberts, my co-host, updating our news at 7 o'clock on the best friend of a bridge collapse victim in Miami, filing a lawsuit, and this month is Parkinson's Awareness Month. We'll find out more about it and much more as well as Deb brings you the news here at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us here at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the best friend of a, a bridge collapse victim files a lawsuit. And this month is Parkinson's Awareness Month. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And a major broadcasting company turning its local news anchors across the country into pro Trump parrots. I want to talk to you about this, and I will, next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Tuesday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 1025. A Florida International University student whose girlfriend was killed in last month's collapse of a pedestrian bridge near the school in Miami is suing seven companies responsible for the bridge's design and construction. 19-year-old Richard Humble was with 18-year-old Alexa Duran when her car was crushed underneath the bridge. Humble said he called out her name over and over. She did not respond or move, and her blood was on him. I had, like, no idea what to do, and all I could do was, like, scream her name, and I, like, ducked down, and I heard it hit the top of the roof of the car. Alexa was the lone FIU student among the six people killed in the bridge collapse, and her family is also suing the companies involved. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. This month, this month is Parkinson's Awareness Month. Parkinson's disease affects almost a million people in America, but major pharmaceuticals have cut their research funding, claiming a lack of progress in treatment options. But some organizations, like the Parkinson's Foundation in Miami, continue to soldier on. The Parkinson's Foundation is here raising money uh, to invest in research and to invest in uh, things that will lead to better therapeutics. And hopefully we can entice, you know, if not some of the big pharmaceutical companies, but some of the smaller biotech firms to come into the space. That's John Lair, CEO of the Parkinson's Foundation. The month of April is devoted to raising awareness about the condition. I am passionate about this. They have to find an answer. They can't cut back on research. This is an awful disease. I mean, it has really just dismantled a member of our extended family. And there are those who will tell you, you know, that, that what Parkinson's does to somebody, that it, that it is actually worse in some ways than, than what cancer does yeah, to people. Without a doubt. In fact, in speaking with the, John Lair, the CEO of the Parkinson's Foundation, learned so much about Parkinson's disease. We think of it as a, as a motor because of the, sh- the tremors shaking, that we right. see in the shaking. But it turns out, John Lair was saying, no, there, it has GI issues, it has sleep issues, it has mental health issues. Absolutely. It's a disease that you think you understand, and yet they're still learning more stuff about it 20 years on. It affects everything. 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 And it is a terrible thing to deal with. It is. We have got to up the research, not cut the research, and find the answers. And for anyone who's a fan of Michael J. Fox, you know it can hit the young and the old alike. It's not an yes. quote-unquote old person's disease. Yeah, not necessarily. No, not at all. In the meantime, a West Virginia University-led study is shedding new light on Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and Huntington's disease. Researchers say the three diseases could all have misfolded proteins that are shaped in similar ways. The common thread could lead to a treatment that could work for all three. And now that's encouraging yes, news. Yes, it is. And the lead researcher says they're excited about the possibility of a single drug having a wide impact on so many diseases. And finally, in honor of Autism Awareness Month in April, also uh, 
observed in April. Archie Comics is introducing a character with autism named Scarlet. Nancy uh, Sibilet, a former public school educator in New Jersey and currently the co-CEO of Archie Comics, says introducing Scarlet was an opportunity to spark conversations on autism for both students and teachers. The comic story featuring Scarlet is called Kindness Works. According to a 2016 federal study, New Jersey has the highest rate of autism in the country with one out of every 41 children affected. Our precious four-year-old granddaughter, Ashlyn, is on the um, is on the spectrum, as they say, okay? Yeah. High-functioning and all this. You've had autism in your family. Both my nephews, who yeah. are low-functioning and one of only 10% of families in the United States with multiple autistic children. And the way, the way it is with autism now, there are people all over who are listening to us right now relating to the story you have brought us this morning. Yes, and it's a very important story, especially when you look at what the numbers used to be. It used to be like one in one every 150 children would be affected by autism. Now the rates, like in New Jersey, one out of every 41 children, they still can't tell new parents what to do to avoid uh, having your children affected by autism. So check out that Archie Comics right now, WFLA News Time at 7.08. And you can read about states with legal marijuana showing a reduction and opioid use. That's what some new studies have shown. Get the details at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Coming to you as always from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Stay tuned now for your shot at winning your share of 480 grand in cash. It's our Fantastic. Make your wallet great again. Texting contest. Listen for the new keyword of the hour. Then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. We had one up in Deltona just about two weeks ago. So we'll have that. Then we're going to get into something that disturbs this old television news anchor more than a little. As a major broadcasting company, I'm sorry, They really have turned news anchors and their stations across this country into pro-Trump parrots. And I don't like it. Even though I agree with the message, there's something horribly wrong with this. We'll have that in Orlando's News Weather and Traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFL. I want to talk to you about a grievous sin committed by one of the largest media companies companies in America. And I happen to agree with the the politics in general of the Sinclair Broadcast Group, because they are clearly conservative leaning. But what they have just done, I cannot defend as a former local television news anchor for many, many years at many stations in this market. Some of you have been with me a long time. Remember, that was my other life before it became talk radio at WFLA 15 years ago. I'm going to take you inside the world of the local television news anchor here for, for some truths I want to share with you that you may well not be aware of. But I ache for my colleagues who were forced into a situation by the corporation, Sinclair Broadcast Group, that owns about... I don't know, 150, 200 local television stations around the country. They do not currently own one here in the Orlando market. Or if they do, I'm unaware of it, and I'm I'm quite sure that I would know. But at any rate, they had a message they wanted out there to combat fake news and to say that they stand for the truth in their news coverage. 
Here is the script that went out to local news anchors all across the Sinclair Broadcasting Organization. I'm going to read it for you. I agree with a lot of this. That's not the problem I have. The problem I have is they turned their local news anchors under penalty of demotion or termination, if they refused to do it, into parrots. They all had to say the same thing. And in cities across the country, everybody's watching their local news anchors and thinking, wow, what a great thing they're saying. Really great they feel this way. Well, maybe not. Here is the message, okay? Then you're going to hear what Deadspin.com did, and that is to just play them all at once. The same words spoken by the same news anchors at 150 to 200 Sinclair Broadcast Group local news operations. Hi, I'm Bobby Anchor, and I'm Susie Anchor. Our greatest responsibility is to serve our local communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that our station produces. But we're concerned about the troubling trend of irresponsible one-sided news stories plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories, stories that just aren't true without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platform to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think. This is extremely dangerous to a democracy. We work very hard to seek the truth and strive to be fair, balanced, and factual. We consider it our honor, our privilege to responsibly deliver the news every day. Thank you for watching, and we appreciate your feedback. It's a great message going after the fake news outlets, the anti-Trump news outlets, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, the Washington Post, the New York Times, and on and on and on. But it is wrong to force these local anchors into being pro-Trump parrots. And that is what they did. Listen to this montage of the anchors across the country and local Sinclair stations parroting what the corporation demanded they say. The sharing of biased and false, false news, news has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media Unfortunately, some members of the media Okay, it goes on and it becomes even less intelligible because you can't sync everybody up, okay? A lot of these anchors are saying off the record they're not happy with this, that we're forced into doing it, you know? And, and you have to understand something. Your local news anchors, almost all of what they say, and it has always been true, and it's why I enjoyed talk radio and saying what I want to say much more than I did, even though I made a lot of money as a local television news anchor in this town. You're at the end of a long pipeline with other people writing other things that you then say on the air. But to be of it mandated that you make a political statement like this, and there's an implied or else if you don't, is just absolutely outrageous, and it is wrong. And I'm calling out Sinclair Broadcasting on it. And I wanted you to know, 407-916-5400, text me at 23680. 
uh, with what you think about this outrage. Standard message and data rates apply. The message is good. But they're forcing the anchors to say exactly the same thing all around the country. That is not original thinking on the part of the news anchors. They're being forced to do this if they want to keep their position and they want to keep their job. That's what's going on here. And it is indefensible, even though the message is good. Do you agree with me or not? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. The broadcasting behemoth Sinclair Broadcast Group owns the better part of 200 local television stations and markets around the country, not one here in Orlando, um, forcing all of their anchors to read exactly the same script that they supplied them. The message is okay, calling out the fake news outlets, but the idea that every news anchor in every market they have a station is being compelled to say this as though it is theirs is, is, is outrageous to me and runs against my grade as a former local television news anchor. Thank God I was never asked to do anything like this or I would have had a major moral dilemma at just a time when we were trying to pay a mortgage and raise three kids. John in Orlando, go ahead on Sinclair. Uh, Bud, thanks for taking my call. I love you guys. You know, I know you're not a hypocrite, Bud. I know you share the same outrage when it comes to media matters and the fact that they have all their talking points that go through all the the, the left-wing uh, news outlets that consider themselves news also. But uh, I'm, I'm sure these local stations or the parent company has a certain demographic that they're trying to reach, an older, maybe more conservative segment that still watches traditional broadcast news. I'm not as upset as you are on this one. Well, here's what I would have them do. Say to the anchors, this is the message we want to convey. You know what we stand for. It's Sinclair. I'd like to have you sit down and address the camera and speak from your heart on the issue of fake True. news. And, and let them speak from their own hearts instead of turning them into parrots. And, you know, and, I, and the implication, thank you for the call, is you know, I know how the business works. If you would not do that, you'd be passed over. For promotions, you'd be demoted, or you—they would find a way to terminate you, and they would never explain why they were going in another direction, and you're out the door. That's the way the game is played, and that's how they keep these people in line. Um, Frank, good morning from Orlando. What do you got on this? This is Frank. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, uh, my quick question is: What about the mainstream media? How much of those anchors are are saying and reporting what they are told to say? Well, I don't know. I mean, it would depend on the particular broadcasting outlet. But at the local news level here, to have everybody parrot exactly the same thing from corporate, that's not the way this should be done. And, and listeners, they have no idea. Viewers, they have no idea what's going on here. But when you, when you just put it all together, what went on around the country, the message is good. But let, let the individual anchors speak from their heart on the message, okay? And if they're not intelligent enough to do that, you need somebody else anchoring your local news. All right, bottom of the hour, Deborah Roberts, who's the class of the field when it comes to broadcast journalism. So proud to have her as my co-host and partner on the show. Reporting on the news at the bottom of the hour on the best friend of a Miami-area pedestrian bridge collapse victim filing a lawsuit. And here they come. And a selfie museum? A selfie museum has debuted. Where? The Deb Meister tells all next. And good morning to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're with you on the 50,000-watt front porch. And so glad you've joined the conversation at 730. Deb, I have to believe 
You've been on the news business a long time. You see something fundamentally wrong, and if not dangerous, with what Sinclair Broadcasting has ordered all of their local news anchors to say exactly the same thing. At you know, I mean, I think it's dangerous, and and it's scary being in the business because you know most of us need our paychecks, which is why we go to work. You know, so the thought of say this or else is very frightening. Right. And behind the scenes, there's a lot of off the record uh, comments by by the Sinclair local news anchors in cities all across this country um, that they're very unhappy and it's being forced on them here. And it forces them to make a terrible decision. You know, are they going to walk the plank on this when they got families to support? Exactly. You should never be put in a position like that. No, you shouldn't. And uh, Mike, what's the text line saying this morning about the Sinclair subject? I got a lot of textures that disagree with you guys. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, lots of people are saying, and I think they're making a good point, that many organizations have a mission statement, and the anchors are basically just reading a mission statement of what their company is doing. It's not being billed as that. Yeah, see, if it were billed as a mission statement, I'd have less of a problem with it, because then it's out there as, listen, this is our company edict, and uh, to work with this organization, you at some point have to kind of see things our way, and this is what we're putting out there. But for it to come from the top and to be parroted out of my mouth, even though I don't believe that or think that. Well, or they even, were saying, I mean, in the statement, they were saying their local news station believes in these things. Well, because they were told to. But I mean, our they greatest don't. responsibility, I mean, they... it reads, our greatest responsibility is to serve our local communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that our station produces. And then they're concerned about this fake news, et cetera, et cetera. And that message I have no problem with. Yeah. But they're making it seem like all of these anchors came up with this on their own, and this is what they think. It is not. Uh, And it's a corporate edict. It's wrong. I don't see the big deal. (laughs) I really don't. Well, that's the beauty of the First Amendment. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) We'll agree to disagree. What's going on, Deb? Well, less than a month after a pedestrian bridge collapsed in Miami, one of the victims has filed a lawsuit against many of the entities involved in the bridge construction and planning. Richard Humble was with his girlfriend, 18-year-old Alexa Duran, when her car was crushed underneath the bridge. Alexa was the lone FIU student among the six people killed in the bridge collapse, and her family is also suing the companies involved. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Museum of Selfies is now open. There can't be one. There is in Glendale. The interactive pop-up gallery on Brand Boulevard that's devoted to smartphone self-portraits will run for two months. Hang in here. Glendale's like Southern California, L.A. area? Yep. Got it. Will run for two months with tickets costing $25. Why? You can go on the Internet and just Google selfies. But the museum will reportedly go beyond the surface value of the social phenomenon and explore all of its universal aspects. Most museums have banned selfie sticks. However, the co-founder of the Glendale exhibit says the handheld gadgets will be welcomed and encouraged. You, too, could end up in a selfie museum that pops up somewhere. $25 admission? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there's never a shortage of ways to separate people from their cash no is there? there isn't you know there is already a selfie museum it's called facebook and yeah. instagram yeah and exactly point. <laughs> you know, why would i pay someone to see all this but it'll be interesting to see uh who the idiots are that are willing to pay 25 dollars to see some selfies you could just ask to see your friend's phone here let me see the photos in your phone i'm sure they're lining up as we speak yeah. in the darkness of southern california <laughs> and finally netflix is looking for a few good watchers binge watchers Watchers, that is. The streaming content giant says it's looking to pay people to fill editorial analyst jobs. 
They'll be compensated to watch, rate, and categorize original content and imported programming. The job description requires candidates to be, quote, passionate about movies and TV with a deep knowledge of the entertainment industry, end quote, and who can work on tight deadlines. Analysts are also needed for Spanish and Japanese movies and TV shows. So a good job if you like to sit on the couch and binge watch your favorite show all day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, be a lot of takers on that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Good stuff, Deb. Thank you, bud, man. I'll be back with the serious stuff at 8. Okay, we're looking forward to it. And Deb keeping track of things in the newsroom. Any breaking news, she will have first word of it for you right here on our 50,000-watt front porch. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit Laura has thebuyers.com. Now, Good Morning Orlando transports you from today to tomorrow and beyond. Prepare to be amazed as you enter Future World. And you might think that the great Hollywood stars of days gone by, who've now gone to their great reward wherever that might be, have no future. But that is apparently not so in what is the first attempt to bring a dead Hollywood star back to life and put them on the screen making new movies. As a dead ringer for the original, there may well be many more. The first subject, it is reported over in the UK, is Marilyn Monroe. Wow, she died of a drug overdose at age 36 in 1962. She lives on in all of those old movies. But now she may be making new movies. This is amazing high-tech stuff. Here's what's going on. They have a woman who has played the part of Marilyn Monroe before. Not a dead ringer, but looks a lot like her. The actress and model is Susie Kennedy. And um, she's been turned into a Marilyn avatar at the world-famous Pinewood Studios in the U.K., home of Star Wars and James Bond, etc. She spent several hours having her face and her body scanned to produce a digital double which will play the part of Marilyn Monroe in a new movie. To make the digital Marilyn, Susie had more than 3,000 photos of her face and body taken. She had to stand on a platform surrounded by more than 180 cameras snapping every inch of her. Markers were drawn on her face, another 60 cameras used to pick up her facial expressions. She spent hours having her face, body movements, uh, and, and, and body movements scanned so that they could be mapped. And then they had a motion capture session in which she moved about in a bodysuit with a helmet and a camera attached to map all her movements. They say, Yaffe, they can make her look exactly like Marilyn Monroe, and and they can do it with any other expired Hollywood star. They could bring back, and this is one of my favorites, Humphrey Bogart, for example, in his prime, but have him making new movies. All they have to do is get somebody to be able to do the voice, and there are people out there who can do that kind of thing. I'd love to see Bogey back. They say the next person they're going to, quote-unquote, bring back from the dead with this high-tech digital uh, technology is going to be Al Capone, the gangster. Really? Yep. 
Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You should bring oh. back John Wayne. That'd be awesome. You know, that would be great. That would be great. And making new movies, you know, when he's at the absolute peak of Charlton his career. Charlton Heston, there you go. Oh, Another. my God. Charlton Heston? Wow. Ten Commandments 2, the sequel. <laughs> I'm in. By the way, this is not the first time this has been done. I just thought of this. They actually did this in the Star Wars Rogue One movie. Did they? Yeah, Governor Tarkin that was in the movie, you know, he was in the original Star Wars, and they brought him back for Rogue One, but he he's dead, so they had to recreate him. It was very interesting. You could still kind of tell, though. Still well, kind of tell. They say that you can't tell with this Marilyn Monroe. Okay, wow. and that'll be something. And and a drop her into a movie, and 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 she's you know she's quote unquote back from the dead, but making new movies. It's not just the replays on Turner huh. Classic movies of the old Marilyn Monroe flicks. This is fascinating. I want to see where they go with this. When they colorize black and white movies, I thought it was an abomination. I didn't like it, and most people didn't really like it either. But, you know, sometimes you long for the greatness of the great old Hollywood stars. And, you know, and Hollywood doesn't have them anymore. Okay? There, 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 there's a lot of people I would just like to see exit stage right and never show up on a movie screen again. A lot of that, frankly, has to do with politics, you know. But at any rate, that's what they're doing. And the future is now our special edition of Future World. We'll watch for the digitally recreated Marilyn Monroe. Good morning, Orlando. Good Tuesday morning to you here at 8 o'clock. So glad you dropped by for our latest check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the best friend of a bridge collapse victim files a lawsuit and some timely tax tips with a Florida IRS official. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And a judge lifts a gun ban on that UCF student who talked of shooting up local schools and admiring mass killers. Right call or wrong call? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. First, let's take a look at your Tuesday traffic and weather together every 10 minutes on the 10s. We have very slow traffic on eastbound I-4 from before U.S. Highway 27 into Osceola Polk Line Road. And eastbound also slows from Conroy Road to Princeton Street. Westbound I-4 is very slow into the Greenway and from Lake Murray Boulevard into Lee Road. On the westbound 408, have an accident approaching 436 in the right lane. We're very slow eastbound on the Apopka Expressway into Orange Blossom Trail. And there's wreck on Oak Ridge Road at Texas Avenue. If you see traffic problems, call the Safe Touch Security Tip Line at 866-676-8477. From the Traffic Center, I'm Daisy Ash. Your News Radio 1025 exclusive AccuWeather forecast. More sun, a few clouds, and a slight chance of rain today, along with a high of 87. Right now at the attraction, 70 degrees, 67 in Orlando, under sunny skies. And good Tuesday morning. It's 8.04 on News Radio 1025. A Florida International University student whose best friend was killed in last month's collapse of a pedestrian bridge near the school in Miami is suing seven companies responsible for the structure's design and construction. Richard Humble's mother, Lourdes, says her son hasn't been the same since the bridge collapse. He's a 19-year-old that cannot take a shower without screaming, crying. It's just very difficult to see your son in the fetal position crying when he should be happy. Humble was with 18-year-old Alexa Duran when her car was crushed underneath the bridge. Alexa was the lone FIU student among the six people killed in that collapse, and her family is also suing the companies involved. Humble told reporters with WPLG Monday that he's had to pull his car over twice since the collapse because of anxiety he suffered due to the incident. Humble said he's overwhelmed by the anxiety of driving under any structure 
and the pain he's still in from the collapse. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Massachusetts man is suing InfoWars' Alex Jones over a false claim that he had carried out the Parkland High School shooting. Marcel Fontaine filed a million-dollar lawsuit in Texas. Fontaine argues his reputation was damaged when InfoWars identified him as the shooter on February 14th. The suit says the story was seen by millions of people, resulting in ridicule, harassment, and threats of violence. Speaking of uh, threats of violence, authorities are stepping up security to help keep Brooklyn safe amid threats potentially posed by a so-called Punish a Muslim Day campaign. Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams says letters circulated last month in the mail throughout the United Kingdom and on social media that called for violence against Muslims today. He says the threat uh, included proposed rewards for acts ranging from verbal abuse and assault to murder and bombings. Adams says he's joining members of the NYPD's Muslim Officer Society today to highlight Brooklyn's unity in the face of any bias-based attack. In the wake of recent changes to the tax code, the Internal Revenue Service is advising you to check your W-4 form and how much federal tax is being withheld from your paycheck. Alejandra Castro-Nunez of the IRS in Miami says you can find a new withholding calculator on the irs.gov website that can help you check on your status. And who should check? Among the groups who should check their withholdings are two-income families. That's when you and your wife work or your spouse. Uh, People who work two or more jobs or who only work part of the year. People with children who claim credits such as uh, like the child tax credit. You'll need your latest tax return and your most recent pay stub, and it'll take about 15 minutes to determine if you need to make any changes. And finally, a mishap is responsible for causing what one parent calls a crazy scene on Easter. The city of Oviedo was holding its annual marshmallow drop Sunday at the sports complex, where thousands of marshmallows are dropped to the ground by a helicopter. Usually, the marshmallows break apart in the air before they hit the baseball field, but this time... Moisture in the air, also known as humidity, held them together. <laughs> and they hit the ground with what one witness call, calls a loud bang. Nobody underneath, I hope. Yeah, no one was hurt, what they're saying, but a parent tells Channel 9 everyone was screaming and worried about their kids. It was one big blob of marshmallows with some candy bars mixed in. Oh, man, oh, man. That, that, could, have been, that could have been tragic, actually. Yes. It, it kind of paints a funny word picture. But individual marshmallows, of course, would just be so airy and light and harmless and Kind of a fun thing. Nobody figured they'd all coagulate together in the moist air. Who would figure that, you know, humidity in Florida? I think they've done this before, though, it I, seems yeah. to me. I, I'm sure they have. It's just... I'll bet you they won't do it again. <laughs> I bet not. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, would you want to eat a, a marshmallow that fell on the ground? No, 10-second rule applies, Dad. Yeah, that's If you get true. it up quick, you know. That's true. Sorry, not that's a problem. True. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Add on an extra 15 since it's a holiday. Right. <laughs> WFLA News Time, it's 8.08. Want another laugh? Well, read about a New York judge apologizing and admitting to being a serial underwear thief. At 1025WFLA.com, the third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando. On News Radio 1025. Alongside the Deb Meister, the Bud Man here in the control room, Yaffe, our producer, our screener is Stephanie. And um, talked about this at six, but if perchance you weren't up and at him yet, I'm going to bring it back in this half hour. And I want to know what you think of this ruling just in from a local judge lifting the gun ban under the new Florida red flag laws. 
on that UCF student we told you about who'd been talking of shooting up local schools where he was bullied and expressing his admiration for America's most recent mass killers. The judge has made a critical decision here. Has he made it right or wrong? My take and yours. And I will own up to being really conflicted here. Um, So stay tuned and uh, join the conversation. I'll give you chapter and verse in a moment. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Other things coming up first, though. um, I want you to stay tuned right now for your chance to win a Share of $480,000 in cash that we have in our amazing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. The new keyword of the hour is coming up. Listen for it, then text that word immediately to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner, like our recent one grand winner up in Volusia County. I'll have, of course, an update for you in just two minutes on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as we continue with the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Legislation was passed, signed into law by Governor Rick Scott, with many, many elements to it in the name of uh, schools, safety, some reforms in the area of gun rights, lots of controversy. One of the key elements here, and there seemed to be a lot of support for this, and we were supportive of it here, was the Florida Red Flag Law that would try to head off the next mass murderer before they could activate like Nicholas Cruz. All the red flags were missed on him with tragic results in Broward County, as we well know. And the idea is that you'd be able, under the new red flag law, to petition a judge to get a temporary risk protection order when you could show evidence that somebody was behaving in a bizarre, potentially violent way, and that you really felt a case could be made that they were about to turn into the next mass killer, okay? Instead of afterward thinking about all the red flags that were missed, seeing the red flags and getting that particular person with a judge's permission um, separated from their weapons and sent under the Baker Act for a mental evaluation. Orlando police at the encouragement of UCF police, implemented the new red flag law for the first time back in March when it came to light from many sources that a 21-year-old UCF student by the name of Christian Velasquez was acting in a very bizarre way, that he had been bullied when he went to Odyssey Middle School and then to Lake Nona High School, and he said, I am just one personal crisis away from becoming a mass shooter, and if I shoot up schools, I'm going to shoot up those schools where I, I I would shoot up those schools where I was bullied, okay? He also is on record online as having some measure of hero worship for Nicholas Cruz and for the Las Vegas Hotel mass killer as well. I mean, just admiring these people who are the worst of humanity without question. And um, so the judge, Circuit Judge Bob LeBlanc, issued the temporary ban. They went and got the gun that was in the uh, family home. The father turned it over. Um, Christian Valesquez was sent for a mental evaluation under the Baker Act, and a doctor has concluded he's not a threat to anybody. 
himself or anybody else, so the judge will not extend the ban under his latest ruling for the next year. So that's it. He's in circulation now. No problem at all. And his parents reportedly plan to take legal action against the Orlando Police Department for petitioning the judge and this this risk protection order that was granted on a temporary basis. I mean, Orlando Police now going to say it is not worth it. We're going to be tied up in litigation every time we try and use the red flag law to save lives, to intervene before the fact instead of after the fact. I'm really conflicted. I understand the important and delicate balance in a free society between not infringing on people's, you know, a Second Amendment rights, but also just their personal privacy and personal freedom when they haven't done anything. This kid has no arrest record, had not committed any crime whatsoever. It was what it appeared he was getting close to doing that led under the new red flag law to this petition of a judge to get the temporary risk protection order. But now it is over, and I worry we've got somebody who's got a screw loose big time Who knows what he's going to do? Where is the line between personal freedom and Second Amendment rights and public safety? Protecting us against someone who has signs of becoming the next mass killer. I don't know where the line is now. Do you? Do you think the judge did the right thing or the wrong thing? Heaven forbid he winds up with blood all over his hands on this. But that's the update on Christian Valesquez, the new red flag law, the Orlando Police Department, and the judge who has not extended the temporary ban. How does all of this make you feel? Is this the right call, the wrong call, and where is the line, gang? 407-916-5400. I'll be darned if I know. And the fact that I don't know is very disturbing to me. The text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Can we have a conversation about this? So under the new red flag law, Orlando police were able to get this Christian Velasquez, 21-year-old UCF student, out of um, circulation with a temporary risk protection order granted by a judge. But the judge yesterday denied a longer ban that would have lasted for a year. And um, is this the way it's supposed to go down or not? Let's bring in Steve from Maitland. You're on with the Bud Man. What are your thoughts, Steve? You know, Bud, this is a this is an interesting thing because I think people on both sides of the issue could have a problem with it. It's you know, it goes back to the Enlightenment era and, and the social contract where people are willing to give up certain freedoms in exchange for security. And we've done it before. We've allowed the government to look into our phone calls and data records to keep the society safe from terrorist acts. This is something where now we're asking, does the government have the right to suspend the Second Amendment in certain cases if it's going to keep society safe? I think people on both sides, some are going to argue, well, you know what, the government doesn't have a right to look into our mental health history and judge us and and hold us accountable for things that we might do. And at the same side, on the other side, I can see people who think that the Second Amendment is an absolute right that shall not be infringed in any case. And I think that's where you have the problem is I think everybody wants – this. I think everybody wants to keep the hands out of potentially dangerous killers, but at the same time, are people on either side of the issue willing to give up those certain freedoms? I agree with you, Steve. It's an unbelievably 
difficult but critically important balancing act. And this story, what happened yesterday, because I really do think this kid is potentially very dangerous, <sighs> leaves me wondering, Yaffe, where is that line we must walk? I mean, that's the question, and we're still kind of trying to figure that out. So, I mean, the judge says this didn't cross the line. I don't, I don't think I agree with the judge, though. Let's go to Mike in Melbourne. What about it, Mike? Well, bud, I uh, think the judge did what he had to do because he gave it over to the mental health professional. Right. It's their call, not the judge's, really. Boy, I hope they got it right. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, we got it right, but I'm more concerned with the fact that what's happened to that family's firearm. Has it been given back? And the the positive on this is at least it's a – it's a wake-up call to the family that uh, this kid needs to be treated seriously. Yeah, my understanding, it either has been or is being given back to the family. It was the dad's gun, although the kid, you know, would have had uh, would have had access to it. What do you think about the family now saying they're going to file a lawsuit against Orlando police for initiating this restraining order they say was not warranted? And now that that's going to discourage police from using the red flag law, is it not? Uh, I say good luck to that family because I don't think I don't think uh, they have much of a chance here if everything was followed to the letter of the law. Um, it's kind of a test case, isn't it? I'm... It sure is, my friend. It sure is. Deborah Roberts updating our news here at the bottom of the hour. I may have Yaffe check the text line incoming on that in a moment as well. And uh, perhaps a call or two can be taken when the Deb Meister joins me. She has the news of the best friend of a Miami pedestrian bridge collapse victim filing a lawsuit. And a 400-year-old painting found in an Iowa attic could be worth millions. Good morning, Orlando. Good Tuesday morning. So glad you're with us here at 830. Before you get to the heart of your newscast at the bottom of the hour here in a Tuesday morning for folks just joining us in particular, um, this is just a, a very murky and maybe moving line we're trying to find the location of, you know, with the red flag laws and the balance between... Yeah personal privacy and liberty and Second Amendment rights and protecting the people from the next mass slaughter, you know? It's a tough decision to make. I wouldn't want to have to be the one to be, be, you know, make that judgment call. But at the same time, how are we going to get the this issue under control? I don't know how we're going to. It's, it's I a really tough don't. one. And our texters are weighing in at 23680. Yeah, Mike, we do they disagree with us this time? Uh. <laughs> Well, yeah, we I got hammered know, pretty good earlier, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, <laughs> we did. Um, actually, I got people on both sides of this yeah. issue. What one person, see? one person says this. Um, it seems to me once you threaten to shoot up a school or public venue, you can't sue for this red flag law being used on you. You threaten there is the line. I think there's great wisdom there. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, so do I. But another person says um, the line is you don't infringe on a person's Second Amendment rights unless and until. They have committed a crime. A point you made, Mike, earlier when we got into this story in the 6 o'clock hour is this kid was was a man, he's 21, UCF student, was, was, you know, specifically talking about shooting up schools he went to, very specific schools, and his hero worship of very specific mass killers. It wasn't some innocuous, murky thing, you know, Deb? Yeah, exactly. And at age 21, you know, the the argument of, well, your synapses aren't completely formed. You don't really understand the 
the ramifications of your choices, of your words, of your decisions. Well, at 21, yeah, you really should. So I, I think in this particular case, the judge was wrong to lift the order. I think this this individual has proven that, you know, they want attention for the threats and the comments. There should be some kind of, yeah. you know, there's a well, cause Well, I hope that the Baker Act doctor got it right that he's not a threat and that the judge made the right call. Mm. Um, but I think we got a sicko walking out there among us here again today, and I don't feel very good about it. I don't either. Let's get into the news. Well, less than a month after a pedestrian bridge collapsed in Miami, one of the victims filed a lawsuit against many of the entities involved in the bridge construction and planning. 19-year-old Richard Humble shared his memories of the fateful event yesterday. Uh, I looked back at Alexa a couple of times, and um, she wasn't saying anything. And uh, I had, like, her blood on me, and I didn't really, like, know what to do. And uh, she just wasn't moving. Humble was with 18-year-old Alexa Duran when her car was crushed underneath the bridge. She was the lone FIU student among the six people killed in the bridge collapse, and her family is also suing the companies involved. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A 400-year-old painting found in an attic. No, not in the Vatican, not at the Louvre, but in Des Moines, Iowa. Could be worth millions. Everybody's dream has come true for somebody. Oh, it is. The painting, Apollo and Venus, by late 16th century and early 17th century Belgian painter Otto van Veen, was found in Des Moines' historic Hoyt Sherman Place entertainment venue two years ago. Well, someone was looking for Civil War flags and a storage room. Oh, my. The painting was found with layers of discolored varnish and poor restoration restoration work from decades ago it ended up taking art experts four months to return the painting to its original state unbelievable you don't you just wonder what path it took yes exactly to get from where it was created clearly overseas to a to an attic in des moines iowa at an entertainment venue and it's been sitting there and no one realized at all what it was that they were sitting on amazing story speaking of uh this is something decidedly all right what just when you thought the Tide Pollage, uh, Tide Pod Challenge, my goodness, I do get paid to speak for a living, was bad <laughs> enough. Remember the Tide Pod Challenge? People challenging each other on the internet. To it's eat. these detergent thing, and they're little balls, and they're brightly colored, and they look like candy to kids, and sometimes the kids take them as candy. And it can be deadly. Yeah, and sometimes older kids who should know better have been challenging each other yes. to snort them, smoke them, right. squirt them, use them on pizza toppings. Well, the Internet has given birth to something new, bud. In case you missed it, videos have surfaced recently of people snorting condoms. The so-called challenge is to put an unwrapped condom up one of your nostrils and inhale until it comes out of your mouth. I think you... You deserve what you get. I think you're right. (laughs) Because experts warn that if the risk of allergic reaction or infection isn't enough, anyone taking part in the condom snorting challenge runs the very real risk of choking. Yeah, I would think so. Stuff is made of of latex. Yes, exactly. It's not supposed to be there. Good Lord. You know, we were nuts as kids. We were not this nuts. I don't know. You did eat dog cookies and dip them in chocolate milk. That's a little nuts. Milk bone dog biscuits softened up in milk. 
is a little Very nuts. good. A little nuts. I said we were a little nuts. It's not condom snorting nuts. Thank you very much. What it's... happened to the days where, you know, you would just challenge him to a race or an, <laughs> an arm wrestling match? Yes. You know? <laughs> or to eat the earthworm you just dug up in the yard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come you on. You know, back in the old days. You know, it was yeah. so simple. I agree. Condom <laughs> snorting. Condom snorting. Just when you thought you've heard it all. She's dead. Are you done? Nothing can follow that. Nope. You're not done? No, I am done. Oh, you are done. I am done. I've taken enough of your time and put an unfortunate word picture in your mind. I apologize. Have you ever? Hey, we've all heard about free range chickens, right? Have you heard about free range parenting? It's just been legalized for the first time in a state. I wonder whether we need it here in Florida. We'll talk about it here in just a moment. I'd heard of free-range chickens, but never free-range parenting, frankly, until I ran into this story. Free-range chickens, you know, you let them run free, you know, in the in the yard or whatever it is. You don't confine them. They end up being, uh, you know, better with the egg laying, better eaten if you turn them into meat, et cetera, et cetera. But all of a sudden, this headline popped up last week that Utah has become the first state in America to legalize free-range parenting. Okay, and and what it does is it codifies that kids in Utah can participate in unsupervised activities without their parents facing neglect charges. Um, Absent evidence of clear danger, abuse or neglect, they believe in Utah under this legislation that parents have the best sense of how to teach responsibility to their children. The new law prevents parents from being considered negligent by state authorities for letting their kids walk outside alone, play without supervision, or wait alone in a car. The sponsor of the bill, a Republican lawmaker in Utah, said society has become too hyper about protecting children and ends up sheltering them from opportunities. Kids need to wonder about their world, explore and play in their world, and by doing so, learn the skills of self-reliance and problem-solving they will need as adults. And I'm wondering, Florida's not Utah. And we have a much more diverse society here. Certain groups of people don't get along with others. We have a lot more people who are impoverished. We have a much more severe crime problem here. I mean, I remember I was a free-range kid when they didn't even call it that. When I grew up, there was a degree of freedom that is unknown to today's kids. And I would say even to Yaffe and, and, and Steph's generation as well. I just told my mom where I was going after school on my bike with my buddies. And in a general sense, that's where we would go. And she would tell me when I needed to be home for dinner or whatever the deadline happened to be. As long as I conform to that, no problem. If I didn't, you know, she clipped my wings. And there was no fear because there was nothing to fear. Abductions were virtually unknown. Nobody thought a thing about that. And I just lived in a typical suburban community up north outside New York City. No place special. Not, not super upscale or anything. And that's the way life was. I got to tell you, Yaffe, I like free-range parenting. It's amazing to me that it had to be actually made legal. But here in Florida, all the time, we get DCF taking kids because of 
awful neglect situations here. Uh, I, 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 I'm re- this is this is another tough balancing act. How much government intrusion are you going to allow? The parents won't take care of their kids and make sure that they're safe. The government needs to do it. But sometimes we've seen in Florida, my God, the only chance these kids have, as much as I hate the idea, is when DCF or some other agency intervenes because we got so many stinking rotten parents in this state. (laughs) I mean, I think you're true to a point, although I don't think neglect, this really has to do with neglect, free-range parenting. I mean, I don't know. You're just kind of letting the kid go places, and then they can go home. It, when ha- it's time wait, to go wait, home. it has to do with neglect. It does have to do with neglect, Mike. Here, here is exactly the headline in the story on thehill.com. Utah's become the first state to legalize free-range parenting, codifying that kids can participate in unsupervised activities without their parents facing neglect charges. Well, yeah, I understand the charges, but I, I don't know. I, I agree. Just Do you want it here? Free, Do you want a free-range parenting yeah, law Yeah, I think here? it's fine. I think relatively speaking, yeah. we hear about the problems because we hear about it in the media a lot. Yeah. But relatively speaking, they're pretty rare. All right. Well, I got to tell you, um, free-range parenting has now been legalized in, in Utah. I'd never heard of it before. It's the first time it's ever been legalized anywhere. Do we need a free parenting, free-range parenting law here in Florida? You tell me. You know, I would love to have it. I, I think we'd find a lot of kids in really dire straits here in the state of Florida just by the nature of this state and by the nature of so many incompetent and 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 absent parents. I do. Anyway, what do you think? Final burst on the phones, 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. We'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well, and get back to you here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Free range parenting. Utah's become the first state to legalize it. Parents can decide, let their kids roam free without suddenly getting arrested on neglect charges. Um, you know, wish that would work here in Florida. I have very serious concerns. Although, as Joe points out from Orlando, if He's going to talk about what Stephanie has him committed to talking about on the screen, that it really probably depends on where you live. Right, Joe? Yeah, you know, uh, it seems like Celebration Florida is kind of designed to bring that kind of parenting back. Uh, People are constantly, uh, the kids are constantly out there playing by themselves, but they do pay a lot of protection money. They pay very high taxes, and there's cops everywhere. Yeah, they have created an environment there to maximize, um, you know, the safety of their kids. And, 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 and I think your point is very, very well taken. But then again, not everybody can afford to live in celebration. Not everybody would want to. There are some communities that are kind of like that, a lot more that are nothing at all like that. David in Orlando, what are your thoughts on free-range parenting for Florida? Well, my, my thoughts are that you're, you want to make sure that you're not mistaking children running free and being allowed to take care of themselves, being unsupervised, as neglect. That's what the law is saying. Is just because a child is not supervised does not mean that they are being neglected. Yep. Uh, that's, the, that's the point of this. Now, obviously, if children are being neglected, that's the big difference between children going out and playing unsupervised, going to the park by themselves or with their younger brothers or older brothers or whatever. There's a big difference between that and not feeding them. 
and not bathing them and keeping getting them to school or educated or whatever. Big difference. Yep, you're right. Your point is very, very well taken. Um, and again, it's another one of those delicate balancing acts. Yaffe, anything coming in quickly on that text line before we wrap it up? Uh, a lot of people will basically support this law. Say, just let the kids play for crying out loud, you know? Yep, without you thinking all of a sudden you're going to wind up with an arrest record. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But then again, there are so many parents who just horribly neglect their kids. And our caller was addressing that here a moment ago. That'll do it for this edition of Good Morning Orlando. We'll see you tomorrow morning from 6 until 9. Thank you. God bless you and God bless America. 